Welcome to Ancient Gods and Demons. I am your host, Brian Scalama. Each week, we'll be exploring a new ancient god or demon from various cultures, including Mesopotamia, Egyptian, Indian, Chinese, Norse, and Greek, to name just a few. Each episode will explain the origin and development of our characters, from pagan god to Judeo-Christian demon. Correlations between different cultures will be researched, and you, as a listener, can make your own determination whether each figure is a god, demon, or both. This week's episode, we will discuss the fallen angel Asmodeus. Asmodeus is a powerful demon whose name means creature of judgment. Asmodeus is more present in Persian and Arabic law than Jewish or Christian, but in any lore or text he might appear, he is mostly evil. So sit back and relax as we journey into ancient worlds, the occult, and examine the gods and demons that walk among us. Osmodeus, the demon of lust, the third of the seven deadly sins, and of jealousy, anger, and revenge, and the 32nd of the 72 spirits of Solomon. Asmodeus's chief objectives are to prevent intercourse between husband and wife, wreck new marriages, and force husbands to commit adultery. He is also one of the chief demons involved in cases of possession. Throughout history, he has been regarded as one of the most evil of Satan's infernal demons. He is usually portrayed as having three heads, those of an ogre, a ram, and a bull, all sexually cre- sexual creatures, having the feet of a cock, another sexually aggressive creature, and having wings and tail of a serpent. He additionally rides on a dragon and breathes fire. Asmodeus has his roots in ancient Persia. His name is derived from Ashma, one of the seven archangels of Persian mythology. The Hebrews absorbed him into their mythology, where he attained the highest status and most power of all his legends. According to the Hebrews, he is the son of Namah and Shemdan, prior to his fall from heaven. He was part of the Seraphim, the highest order of angels. In other Hebrew legends, he is either associated or the husband of Lilith, demon queen of lust. Sometimes he is said to be the offspring of Lilith and Adam. The book of Tobit tells how Osmodeus lusted after a young woman named Sarah and killed each of her seven husbands before the marriages could be consummated. With an eighth suitor, Tobias, in her life, Sarah prayed to God for help. God sent down the archangel Raphael, who instructed Tobias in how to make an incense of the heart and liver of the glanos fish, which would drive away Asmodeus. After Tobias and Sarah were married, Asmodeus appeared in their wedding chamber to kill Tobias, but the incense forced him to flee. He went to Egypt, but Raphael tracked him down and bound him. According to the Testament of Solomon, Osmodeus lives in the constellation of the Great Bear, 
Ursa Major. He spreads the wickedness of men, plots against newlyweds, spreads madness among women through the stars, ruins the beauty of virgins, and commits murders. He is forever thwarted by Raphael and the smoking liver and gall of a fish, especially the sheet fish, which lives in the Assyrian rivers. He has knowledge of the future. Asmodeus is taken into the presence of King Solomon by the Prince of Demons, Belzebub. Sullen, arrogant, and defiant, he tells the king he was born of human mother and an angel father. He also says that Solomon will have only a temporary hold over the demons. His kingdom eventually will be divided and demons will go out again among men and will be worshipped as gods because humans will not know the names of the angels who thwart the demons. He admits that he is afraid of water. Solomon binds Asmodeus with care. He orders the demon to be flogged and orders him to state his activities. Asmodeus says, I am the renowned Asmodeus. I cause the wickedness of men to spread throughout the world. I am always hatching plots against newlyweds. I mar the beauty of virgins and I cause their hearts to grow cold. I spread madness about women through the stars and I have often committed a rash of murders. Solomon puts him in iron chains and surrounds him with ten jars full of water, which make the demon complain bitterly. Asmodeus is forced to make clay vessels for the temple. Solomon also burns the liver and gall of a fish and a branch of storax beneath the demon, quelling his nasty tongue. Solomon uses his magic ring to force Asmodeus and the other demons to build his magnificent temple. After its completion, Solomon tells Asmodeus that he cannot understand why demons are so powerful when he, their leader, could be so easily chained. Asmodeus says he will prove his greatness if Solomon remove his chains and lend him the magical ring. Solomon does so, only to be hurled away from Jerusalem. Asmodeus steals the ring forces Solomon to exile and becomes king himself. He throws the ring into the sea, but Solomon's lover, the Anamanite Namah, finds the ring in a fish belly, and the king regains his power. He is immediately transported to Jerusalem, where he puts on the ring. As punishment for this, he puts Asmodeus into a jar. Asmodeus was also absorbed into Christian law, becoming one of the devil's leading agents of provocation. It is said that witches were said to worship him, and magicians and sorcerers attempted to conjure him to strike at enemies. Grimoires of magical instruction sternly admonish anyone seeking an audience with Asmodeus to summon him bareheaded out of respect. Johan Wahir said Asmodeus rules gambling houses. According to Le Lamentan, a major grimoire, Asmodeus is the first and chiefest among Amemon and goes before all of the demons. He gives the ring of virtues and teaches arithmetic, geometry, astronomy, 
and all handicrafts when properly summoned. He gives full and true answers to all questions. He can make a person invisible and reveal all treasures under the god of Amaman. He was one of the infernal agents blamed for the obscene sexual possession of the Lovea's nuns in 17th century France. Beware of Osmodius. Welcome back to Ancient Gods and Demons. This week, we're discussing Asmodeus. We just discussed the background, historical history of Asmodeus, from antiquity to the Middle Ages. We previously discussed that Asmodeus, or Asmodeus, was mentioned in the Loudon Witch Trials of France in 1634. Now bear with me, my French pronunciation of these words is not too well spoken, but I will give it the best that I have. The 1634 case of demonic possession in Loudon, France is arguably the most famous case of multiple or mass possession in history. This case involved the Ursilian nuns of Loudon, hope I'm saying that correctly, who were allegedly inflicted by further Father Urbain Grandier who was convicted of the crime of sorcery, evil spells, and the possessions visited upon the nuns, largely based on the reports of the possessed demoniacs themselves, which means those possessed by demons. The episode has been immortalized by Aldous Huxley's novel, The Devils of Loudon. Urbain Grandier was appointed parish priest of St. Pierre du Marché in Loudon, a small town near Poitiers, France in 1617. Grandier was considered to be a very good looking man and was both wealthy and well educated, which made him a target for the attention of the girls in Loudon. He was popular and believed to be the father of the child of Philippa Trinscant, the daughter of the king's solicitor in Loudon. And he also openly courted Madeleine de Bro, the daughter of the king's counselor in Loudon. However, when Grandier was arrested and found guilty of immorality in 1630, his connections in high political circles restored him to full clerical duties within the same year. Despite the fact that the case was presided over the Bishop of Poitiers, a man known to dislike Grandier and to want him out of the parish, According to one version of the story, the Bishop of Poitiers approached Father Magnon, confessor to the Lucian nuns of Lodan, with a plan to persuade a few of the sisters to feign possession and denounce Grandier. And Father Magnon easily persuaded the Mother Superior, Jean de Arnais, and other nuns to comply. They would claim that Father Grandier had bewitched them, falling into fits and convulsions, holding their breath and speaking in tongues. Another version has it that Father Mignon was approached directly by the Mother Superior for help, to hear confession and to purge the convent of demons, after she and other nuns had hallucinations and illicit dreams of Father Grandier, 
who appeared to them as a radiant angel, enticing men to sexual acts and causing them to rave loudly at night, regardless of the penance they imposed on themselves. Either way, Father Mignon and his aide, Father Pierre Barry, saw an opportunity to remove Grandier and immediately proceeded to perform exorcisms on the possessed nuns. Several of the nuns, including Jeanne d'Agnès, suffered violent convulsions during the procedure, barking, shrieking, blaspheming, and making sexual motions toward the priests and contorting their bodies. Jean claimed that she and the other nuns were possessed by two demons named Asmodeus and Zebulon, who were sent to the nuns when Father Grandier tossed a bouquet of roses over the convent walls. Realizing the danger he was in, Grandier wrote to the Archbishop of Bordeaux, who dispatched his personal doctor to examine the nuns. No evidence of true possession were found, and the Archbishop ordered the exorcism to cease in March 1633, and the nuns were sequestered in their cells. However, Grandier had other enemies, and Jean de Lobodamont, a relative of Jean Agnès and the favorite of the powerful Cardinal Rachel, managed to get Grandier arrested and investigated as a witch, with Lamarmont as a head of the commission. The exorcisms then resumed at Loudan, led by the expert exorcists Capuchin Father Trinquel, Franciscan Father Lactance, and Jesuit Father Jean-Joseph Soran, and they were held publicly, with up to 7,000 spectators attending. Partly due to this unprecedented public event, and the dramatic and overtly sexual claims accompanied by visible physical responses made against Grandier by the nuns, the citizens of Loudon and the surrounding areas were gradually set against Grandier. Jean Digansges and the other nuns claimed to be possessed by a multitude of demons, including Asmodeus, Zebulon, Esacheron, Astaroth, Gressel, Amon, Leviathan, Bahimut, Beheri, Esas, Selsas, Achaos, Sidon, Alex, Naphtalim. Cham, Uriel, and Akas. Jean even suffered a psychosomatic pregnancy, later an alleged pact between the devil and Grandier, who presented to the court supposedly stolen from Lucifer's cabinet of pacts by Asmodeus himself and signed in blood by Grandier and various demons. Father Grandier was imprisoned at the castle of Angiers at the end of November 1633. His body was shaved, and a successful search for devil's mocks was made by inquisitors. Despite protests from Dr. Fanu, the physician who prepared Grandier for torture, and the Hippocrates from Portiers, who claimed the inspection to be a hoax, maintaining that no such mocks had been found. Soon, even some of the possessed nuns proclaimed Grandier's innocence, and Jeezy Agas prepared in court with a noose tied around her neck violently stating that she would hang herself if she could not recant her earlier lies. However, Labermont announced that the citizens who testified in favor of Grandier would be arrested as traitors to the king and have their possessions confiscated, causing many sympathizers and witnesses to flee France. In the end, 72 witnesses swore evidence against Grandier, who was denied the normal procedure of trial by a secular court 
and any rights of appeal, even under the most severe forms of torture, including the breaking of both his legs. Father Grandia never confessed, maintaining his innocence and refusing to name any accomplices. Nearly a year later, in 1634, the Royal Commission found Grandia guilty of all counts against him and passed sentence that he would be burned alive at the stake and his ashes scattered to the wind, which sentence was duly carried out. The possessions, however, failed to stop after Father Grandia's execution and the public exorcisms became a type of tourist attraction at the convent, with nuns lifting their skirts and begging for sexual attention, beating their heads, walking on their hands, and using obscene language. These displays continued until 1637, when Carlo Raciel, having achieved his original goal, cut off the performance salaries and ended the shows. Many of the Protestant townspeople converted to Catholicism as a result of the public exorcisms, further eroding any Huguenot sediment in the region. Within five years of the execution, Father Lintantz, Father Tranquilli, and Dr. Manery, the Inquisitor, had all died in delirium. Father Saran became haunted by the exorcisms, eventually unable to eat, dress himself, walk, read, write, or pray, and tried unsuccessfully to kill himself. Hey, welcome back, folks. Uh, we're wrapping up this episode of Ancient Gods and Demons. Uh, this week we discuss Asmodeus, the 32nd Spirit of Solomon, uh, an ancient demon dating back to the Persians, also discussed by the Hebrews, also in Christianity, in the Book of Tobit. So I wanted to discuss the Book of Tobit a little bit. Um, we also mentioned the case of possession in the 1700s in France, where Asmodeus was claimed to have been one of the possessing demons. Uh, so, so let's talk about uh, the Book of Tobit. So in the Book of Tobit, which you can only find, I mean, you can go on the internet, you can find it, but Bible-wise, it's only in the Roman Standard Version Catholic Edition. It's not in the St. James Version, only in the Roman Standard Version Catholic Edition, which is interesting. It's a few pages long, right before the Book of Judith, um, and pretty much what we talk about is you have Tobit, his son is Tobias. Uh, Tobit is a very holy man who follows the commandments of Moses and does not sway from those. Um, they talk a lot about relations, companionship, and then they talk about how the angel Raphael, which is very interesting, so it talks about the angel Raphael who takes a journey with Tobias, which is Tobit's son, to the, see Sarah, who Asmodeus is apparently in love with, and apparently she has been wed seven times, and each time on the wedding night, the men are strangled by the demon Asmodeus. Um, while they're traveling, Raphael um, catches a fish. He tells Tobias to gut the fish and to save the heart, the liver, and the gallbladder. 
Tobias asks why, and the angel Raphael just says, listen, I'm going to let you know about this later. Um, and he does. So they finally go to Sarah's house, and it's determined that they get a marry. They get married, and Raphael tells Tobias that you have to burn the hot and I believe the gallbladder um, on some ashes on your wedding night. And if you do this, it will repel the demon Asmodeus. So they get married. Um, and then they go to the wedding chambers to consummate the marriage. And Tobias takes the gallbladder and the hot, and he burns it on the ashes. When Asmodeus shows up to strangle Tobias, he's repelled, and they said he is sent to Egypt. And this is just what the Book of Tophet says. Once he arrives in Egypt, wherever it is, I'm not sure. They say that the angel Raphael binds him. Now, if you're familiar with demonology and the control of demons, every demon has a antagonistic angel that is his enemy that can control him. So Asmodeus is Raphael. So I just found this extremely interesting. Uh, that is the end of talking about Asmodeus in the book of Tobit. It continues with their marriage is successful. Tobias travels home. He talks to Tobit. He uses the liver of the fish to heal his father, who is blind. They call it white over the eyes. Then it ends with pretty much the angel saying that Whenever this demon begins, it, it, it seems to be a threat that apparently burning the liver and the gallbladder, I mean, my bad, the hot and the gallbladder of a fish, as we mentioned previously in this podcast, is a repellent to the demon Asmodeus. And again, if you want to check out the Book of Tobit, it's in the Roman Standard Version Catholic Edition. This is the only version of the of the bible that you will find a mention of asmodeus also we mentioned that as a 32nd spirit of solomon and i believe out of 70 something demons uh that solomon controls uh you can find this information in the Key of Solomon, which talks about how Solomon binds multiple demons and controls them and forces them to build his temple. And then obviously we discussed how Asmodeus steals the ring, hides the ring, Solomon retrieves the ring, and so on and so forth. So, this pretty much wraps up this episode of Ancient Gods and Demons. I hope everybody enjoyed it. And uh, have a good holiday season. See you next time.